0: Welcome to Startup Different. I'm Dave, your Chief Podcast Officer. With me is my brother and podcast sidekick, Chris. We're two successful entrepreneurs paying it forward by debunking startup myths, tackling the toughest challenges, and giving you the tools to build your business. Today, we're going to be talking about how no one wants to talk to your customer service. Let's skip the call center and jump right in. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pod, I'm gonna use that now. I'm start saying that. That's how you know the pod. real deal. Yeah. Well, has, yeah. Like, nobody has time to say podcast anymore. Oh,
1: we should have called this the Escape Pod. Oh, it Wait makes did me call think I'll star- oh, go
0: ahead. Here we go. Another Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think. You remember, uh, uh, New Hope? He scoots out of the old uh, Escape Pod, just fires out of the Corollian Corvette, and then yeah. just, and then like for some reason they don't blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> what are you paying by the laser now? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like your uh, your white shirt. You're looking kind of like a stormtrooper right now.
0: Oh, thanks. I think, well, yeah. I guess don't give me a blaster. Can't hit can't hit the broad <laughs> side of a barn, right? So, Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's crisp. I think it looks nice. Yeah. I
1: haven't
0: worn it in a while. You know, this. I don't always wear white shirts. I'm not big on white shirts.
1: <laughs> I think they look okay, though.
0: Sometimes <laughs> I, look, I think Labor I look Day, too pasty. So. You
1: know? Yeah, you probably shouldn't be wearing it now. It's the oh, on okay. color for the season. <laughs> Is it? What do you mean? What are you talking about? You shouldn't wear white after Labor Day, right? Whatever. It's not the saying. No one knows that.
0: Is it it the saying
1: or is it a decree?
0: (laughs) Who makes these rules? I want to make a
1: saying. (laughs) I have no idea.
0: Don't wear gray after the second full moon of October. Boom. There. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. Now what? (laughs) That's my saying. That's what I know.
1: (laughs) There are two full moons in October. Isn't there just one full moon per month? What? You're saying doesn't make any sense. So. Is that true? I, I didn't I think know that. I think there's one full moon per month, right? You
0: What? No, oh, you're boy. making this up. That's crap. There's
1: That's gonna cool. be people in podcast land who are just gonna be like, these guys don't know anything about like lunar <laughs> calendar. We know something about
0: business, but I definitely apparently don't know anything about the lunar calendar. So. All right, so
1: maybe we should talk about something we know something no, about. No, no,
0: no. Let's I like this as let's go deep on on the moon. <laughs> That's no moon. <laughs> It's a space station. Okay, let's and get into this. then we're back to Star Wars. Yeah, we're guys. back. Yeah, so, we're back. I see a full circle right. there. I'd like to have at least two Star Wars references for episode. Anyway. <laughs> okay, man, what are we doing here, Chris? What are we talking about today?
1: Uh, I think I? we're talking about customer service and Ooh. how it's terrible. Um, <laughs> just just, Dave, just let, generally. <laughs> let me ask you something. Just think back to the last time you had to reach out to customer service with something. Okay. How are you feeling? With that, but
0: you never want to. That's the first no. thing. Like, it's um, because
1: it failed. Something failed. You couldn't yeah. do the thing that you mm-hmm. were trying to do, mm-hmm. and you probably to order were like, a coat. "Yeah, were you?
0: Yeah." And the okay. website just wasn't working for me, and yeah. uh, it, it was actually some like error message for their their like uh, e commerce thing. Okay, and so I was like, "Man, do they know this is happening?" It made me think of actually about our stuff how we would get those automated emails whenever something didn't work. Yeah. and uh i was like what if they're getting these emails so then i was like nothing happened after a few days i was like is it just me and i tried a new browser i tried all this stuff and i messaged them they're like try it now <laughs> uh, i was like okay. okay and it worked
1: so it was just out of curiosity was the error message one of those ones that says our team has been notified da, 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 that no it know, was even worse it was like a, was you it? know how
0: you're not supposed to show like error message like like too much too many details i was oh, getting that yeah. invalid like origin message oh and i was like good. this is not something i'm supposed to see so anyway right. whatever but
1: okay yeah. so how long it was did unpleasant you...
0: because i wanted and i was trying to give them money and i was yeah, right how at long, that moment
1: how long did you battle with it before you broke down and cost, called or oh, no, customer uh, yeah well,
0: three days i was just like i'm gonna wait to see if it fixes itself because clearly they'll be okay. getting this and yeah. it never happened and so and, i was like i have you, to reach out to them to fix this
1: but sucks. you fought through it for three days and then Eventually reached I out. I come- check once re- a
0: day, twice a day.
1: And was this like the greatest jacket ever? Or uh, Anna really wanted me to get the jacket.
0: Uh, actually, okay. I like it. I should be. I should, that's not fair. That's not fair.
1: Okay, I love it. So it, it was.
0: Worth but it. I, I, yeah, I got a. It's a nice jacket. So and I okay. really wanted it.
1: I really. So you really were delighted to. to contact customer service no, after three days I was not. because I was very you wanted unhappy this.
0: Happy to do that. Um, okay. I was starting and- to get desperate. I was like, maybe I have to go to the store. Mm-hmm. You know
1: <laughs> and so what did you what did you say to them what it what like what did i you, want to buy
0: you? this jacket please okay. tell me why this isn't working i'm always very helpful too with some because i love support people that's a tough job and yeah. i was like here's my there? screenshot yeah. here's what i got yada 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 and uh yeah they were like we don't know did and you then they're like them? oh we
1: try it now <laughs> so. like was it phone email. chat email email, email? I, okay
0: you know i hate calling but, you know, that's like, that's yeah. usually like with like an airline or something where you're just, you're already so mad because you've already been treated like crap. And then you're like, okay, yeah, if you want to, or if you want to discontinue like a membership for something and you're like, okay. oh yeah, you can totally cancel. You just have to call us and wait on hold for 15 minutes and then <laughs> yeah. talk to you oh, yeah. have a lot of friction between those yeah. two points, right? That's canceled. brutal. Canceling a gym membership. It's like, oh my God.
1: It's yeah.
0: Gonna be tough. <laughs> so. What
1: about a free gym bag? <laughs> <laughs> just so you know, you came out a bit strong. <laughs> Maybe I'll just do some push ups at I'll home. I'll just
0: do some push ups <laughs> at home. But, uh, family yeah. guy reference. There we go. That's something different. haven't done that So,
1: yet. so, and then you reached out to customer service and they just replied back and said, try it now.
0: Yeah, more or less. I think it was like one sentence, you know. Okay. I didn't really acknowledge that I put like a lot of effort into being like, you know, here's what's happening and
1: you know that kind of thing so bottom line is you just really wanted that jacket and you were willing to fight through the customer service yeah i wouldn't if
0: i you know i think normally if i had that kind of friction i just wouldn't contact customer service i just wouldn't do it i just wouldn't order the thing
1: it was kind of exceptional because i wanted that coat
0: i needed a new coat i didn't i like this one's like six years old the old one
1: so so the reason we want to talk about this in this podcast episode is because like you know when when your customer has to reach out to customer service it's usually because you're Product or something around your delivery of your product failed. Um, so, in Dave's case, yeah, like totally the website was not working. You couldn't give them the money uh, for three days, which is probably a big deal. I wonder if they noticed that they got no sales for three days. Yeah, uh, but that's what I was wondering too. I was like, this yeah. must
0: be big enough that a lot of, you know, they're going to come back from the weekend and go, whoa, what happened here? Because it was over a weekend. And, yeah. and instead, there's nothing. I just it was still dead by Monday, but dead dead by Tuesday, and I was like, "Hey, this is, must be just me." But it looked like really weird to just be an error message for me. Like, there's something in there, their config that is wrong. But that's what it is.
1: So yeah. So you know, what, when we were running our business, we we tried to use these as opportunities to then you know like fix the the problem and avoid the problem from happening again in the future. So I think if we were running the jacket store website that that you're running, I think we would have been saying, okay, that happened. Um, You know, customers couldn't buy jackets. Uh, It was down for three days. We didn't know about it. We at very least need to be aware if something like that happens again. So then we would probably be into like developing something to monitor that or, you know, some way to identify that, hey, things are going wrong. Um, So really, I, I think the point of today's podcast is trying to really put some emphasis on, hey, when when you have a whole bunch of customer service, even if you're getting you know, five-star reviews when you provide customer service. Like nobody wants customer service. Nobody wants to talk to customer service. It's really an indicator that, hey, you've got to fix something about your product, or your product delivery, or the way that you're you're running your business. Yeah.
0: Um, so I, I, if I could, yeah. just for context here, there's a couple of things I want to say data-wise because don't you know I research things sometimes? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the the reality is that I don't think any founder or anybody listening to this would be like, Oh, no, I definitely want to have a big customer service department. You know, nobody, no. nobody wants that. that, yeah. that, that that's obvious. That's it doesn't matter what product you have. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what industry. Obviously, that, that kind of sucks. And everybody kind of knows it. Um, but the reality is you will have some. Like you will probably need some degree of customer service. What we're talking about is minimizing because it's my belief. And there's a lot of data behind suggesting that it is impossible to entirely eliminate, you know, the need for customer service. Yeah. So th- there's that, um, I-, I think, you know, and, and you might want that, but it's, it's, just, it's just not going to happen. Now, what we do know, though, from a data perspective, is that being able to answer on the first uh, ticket, um, so that is being able to resolve the customer issue on the first reply, or even just the spirit of this, as efficiently as possible with minimal uh, uh, back and forth, uh, is a massively profitable exercise. Uh, yeah. you get to retain more customers, more customers are happy. And, uh, also it's just the amount of time that it costs for you on a per ticket basis is materially lower because you're solving them really quickly. They actually did a study and they being, I will put a source for this later. I think this was in Harvard business review or something. Um, and they found that the custom, the, those organizations like airlines, for instance, if they were able to actually, which is complicated, it's a complicated business, but if you're able to reply and immediately resolve the ticket, it was like literally hundreds of millions of dollars. In their bottom line, yeah. yeah. So there is there. There's a, this is the real deal. Like customer service is a necessary sort of evil. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's a little and, aggressive, but a bit of a necessary evil to be able to actually operate your business uh, efficiently.
1: Yeah. And Dave, you know, I, I, we're going to do a future podcast where we're going to talk about like product development lanes and, you know, how you kind of like allocate your development resources. But, yeah. you know, um, when I think of like airlines, um, like certainly customer service, they, they have to provide it. But um, I'm hoping that, you know, companies that are really trying to scale and scale profitably um, are looking at, you know, recurring customer service issues and taking it back to their product team and saying, okay, we need to eliminate this potential problem that becomes a customer service ticket. Um, and you know, it's tough when you're growing a business, you've got a, uh, product backlog of things that you want to be developing you've got a roadmap on where you want to take your product and it's it's really scary sometimes to take your developers off of the roadmap and instead put them into dealing with customer service issues because it really kills your forward momentum on your roadmap Um, but at the same time
0: adds to your tech debt too and just for the folks at home a tech debt is like You just in a software business, you just have things that kind of get older, get more legacy that need updating, and if you really get behind on that, it can totally crush your innovative uh, engine of your business.
1: Yeah, but I think you know, and we're we're gonna go in depth on on product development lanes, but um, you know, having some portion of your development capacity, um, you know, allocated to dealing with customer service issues and solving those like permanently and not just like uh, helping answer, not ticket escalation or anything like that, but actually going back to the product or the way that you deliver your product and changing it so that those issues uh, don't come up so that, uh, for instance, Dave doesn't run into that problem where he can't order his jacket uh, right. in the first place. Uh, because, you know, That's from a nice scaling point. perspective, if you're getting flooded with support tickets and, you know, every time you, you know, add more customers, you're adding more support tickets, you're adding more support people or more customer service people, um, you're really not scaling. You're, that, you're just That's it right there the though.
0: That, that's you, yeah. you nailed it because I think there's a crossroad for a lot of businesses. And this is also one of those things that ties up into founder expectations and like weird legitimacy things like around headcount. So you, you start to be like, okay, I, we have a problem. We have a lot of support tickets. You can either decide, um, we're going to hire our way out of this, or we're going to correct the issue through coding there's a short-term pain, long-term gain element to the coding piece. There's a bigger, you, maybe with more people, maybe it can help. I would actually suggest that at first it'll make you worse because your support people need to actually be trained by others. Like your new ones need to be trained by the old ones. The reality is that you as a business owner need to make that decision that, okay, are we going to try to like solve this problem by coding something or correcting our systems or just add more people? And it's very tempting to be like, well, surely now. We need to add more people. And then, you, can, you know what? You can do other things that make you feel good, even though they shouldn't. You're going to turn around and say to people, hey, uh, we added five more people. Our company is growing by oh, – this is my stereotypical VP. My, our, our company is growing by 25% this year. You know, like the, the, these things, But these, these are bad things. Like headcount is, is, is difficult to – like it's difficult to add people. It's difficult to train people. It's difficult to let go of people. It's bad. What you want is systems, systems and processes that make, in this case, customer service much, much better so that, you know, you can have two people instead of five, which is a huge difference in terms of being able to manage that. Or, you know, five people instead of 10, Um, you know, very, uh, I I mean, I don't want to go on too long on this, but my point here is that you will have that choice to make. You may even decide at first that you're going to be coding solutions to these problems. And then later on, you might be like, well, we just can't scale that. I would argue that you can probably figure it out. You made the problem, right? You made the problem. You built the code. You built the thing. And maybe an externality affected it. However, this, it should be on you to make that experience as good as possible. And that does not involve going directing more customers
1: to customer service. Yeah, I think, you know, when you see a problem like that, that you're having your customer service people, you're probably saying to yourself, Oh, it's too complicated. It's too big of a problem for us to like write code or we don't or want to change our product, or we don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, I refer you back to, you know, the engineering, uh, approach to. Big problems is you always break them up into smaller little pieces that you can tackle. So even sometimes you know maybe you can't find a one hundred percent solution to the problem, but you can break that problem up into smaller pieces and chip away at some of the smaller pieces of it uh, and eliminate those as, as so so that frequency of that issue coming up is much less likely. Those types of things so um, really important to do that. And I think you know as you're scaling your business, it's so important that you're you're not just adding support people you're you're actually dealing with the problems and from a profitability perspective if you're if you're you know if you if you solve a problem today that you know is going to happen a hundred times every month and be growing Mm -hmm. at a rate as the same rate as your business you know 20 percent per year or something like that so it's 120 of those problems you know that it it really quickly um, kills your profitability, your business, because you're just spending everything, uh, all yeah. your growth on support people, rather than dealing with the actual problem. Rather than salespeople,
0: or rather than like, it'll, it'll affect your, it yeah. certainly affects your profitability, like easily affects your profitability right away. Um, yeah. And again, it's that intersection of like, well, how are you going to handle this? I think the other part of this too, is that as a founder, you don't want to really believe that customer service exists that you need to do this yeah. or that it's required. You kind of want to ignore it. And I would encourage you to think differently as opposed to thinking of customer service as a burden. I think you should think of customer service as a product line. Think of it right. as something that warrants material investment from mm-hmm. your organization um, to uh, ultimately you would, your, your stretch goal that you'll probably never achieve is to eliminate it entirely. Um, however, you know, moving down that path and realizing how significantly important it is to your business uh, and, and its success and its profitability, which is kind of what we're all about here. We want to be profitable. That's a good startup different principle, I think. Um, you know that it, you need to give it that emotional and and in some cases financial investment, but not in terms of people, in terms of systematizing solution building and uh, and improving uh, end user experience.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I like doing as the CTO is I would, I would creep into our help desk software <laughs> they hated and it. look at, they hated yeah. It, yeah, I remember that yeah. they'd be
0: like, yeah, we can see Chris, he's popping around ticket to ticket, you know, help desk software
1: <laughs> would show a little avatar, uh, on if I was looking at a support ticket and our support people just hated it. Um, <laughs> but I was in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like at the same time, I think as a CEO or a CTO or, or, you know, an executive, executive, executive at a company, it is so valuable to go down there and see what's actually happening with your customers and how they're interacting with your customer support people. Um, It is eye opening. Um, And you know, the the customer support people, their metrics are really to close tickets, answer quickly, that sort of stuff. They're not quite in the mindset of like, how do we eliminate this issue from coming up again? Whereas that can be something that a CEO, a CTO can be saying, hey, there is definitely a pattern developing here on these issues. And you can then go and rally the, the people that are going to be able to solve that. That issue um, and you know it was kind of like one of those things that I know myself we used to rotate how we did product escalation uh, support requests and things like that when I was quiet on on doing that stuff, I was going into the help desk and trying to find those those issues and uh, and address them put them onto our, our our roadmap, put them onto our product backlog so that we could start working those uh, down in the future um, you know, and it was just something you have to be consistent with
0: you know when I think about you kind of touching on something interesting too, which is, you know, so when you have a lot of customer support people, there's kind of like these nasty habits that can form over time. Because if you have a lot of them, it kind of like there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. It's it's fine. We obviously you would like to reduce that. We kind of as we've already expressed, but we'll let's just say your business requires for the moment until you systematize it better. Maybe you've got a few extra hands. That's fine. But the one thing that you really want to be aware of with that team is you know thinking about the tactics through which they do solve some of those problems. Cause again, you're going to have some degree of customer service. So one thing that, and you were kind of getting towards this, Chris, is these sort of like arbitrary metrics. You know what I mean? There's going to be these things like, okay, uh, minimize the number of tickets at all costs, you know, because, yeah. you know, the second and third tickets, you know, could be, you know, I guess they are less profitable, less profitable. That's true. But you know, there might be circumstances where you got to do it. Like, I think the key here is the customer experience, you know, and then there's some other kind of like weird, Elements around this too. Like, so sometimes if they have a lot of tickets, you know, you're going to see the initial reply being more of like a delay tactic. Oh, hey, uh, you know, uh, know, I have this problem, says the customer. And then you're like, well, okay, here's our website. You know, it's it's like a combination of, you know, don't make,
1: don't make the customer do work. You know what yeah, I mean? or like, that's, or that's like not the the like the canned reply that's completely yeah, missing the, the, the point fluff, to... you know like, the, like... The, the
0: the a huge reply that does nothing for them just gives yeah. them a bunch of links like this is a challenge too, because your people are, are going to be busy as they their employees and they're working hard and they're doing the best they can, understanding though that that leads to behaviors that are less than optimal. Like you have to be a bit of a fanatic. Again, going back to this as a product line, you have to be a bit of a fanatic in terms of the quality with which you respond to those support tickets. Unfortunately, you need to have, you know, reasonably speedy replies, but also you can't lose the the oomph, you know, the actual helpfulness of those replies,
1: yeah. and, and I think that really comes down to, like, too, right? You know, you've had like, those support tickets, like the customer satisfaction scores. So after a ticket is closed, typically a customer gets like an email saying, "How did we do? You know, was your problem solved?" Or sometimes like you know, rate us out of you know five stars, stuff like that. And and really, that should be kind of what's driving your metrics, not like. Um, you know, if, if your team is highly motivated just to reduce the number of tickets, then it's kind of like, you know, they're going to want to close those tickets as fast as possible, yeah. not really, you know, delight that customer. Yeah. And so I, I think there's something to be said, like you should let the floodgates open. Uh, from a customer support perspective, but the way you deal with it, the way you reduce the number of tickets is then go go back to your product and figure out, hey, wow, how is our product flawed yeah. here that we're generating all these tickets? Um, and then the customer support people should really be focused on the customer satisfaction on on the closed tickets more than anything. Uh, yeah, not I think the number of tickets or anything like that. Yeah,
0: if I if I was like button that up in like one sentence or two, maybe. It'd be like, don't rush to close tickets for the sake of closing them. Rush to help your customers like the people they are. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, be real. That's Mm -hmm. going to make the difference. You know, especially if you consider it too, taking this seriously is going to be a material competitive advantage. It's a thing that small companies just do better because you have fewer customers so you can invest more in them. And as your company grows, it gets a lot harder to offer that kind of experience, and, you know, and notwithstanding AI and some changes there. And, you know, maybe there's a, a roadmap in the future where that looks a bit different. Although, you know, by the way, you have to curate all those AI responses too. Otherwise, it's just yeah. going to be really weird. It's the same problem. It's just, it's just faster. Um, yeah. But I, I, I really think, though, that understanding that, you know, rushing to help people like people, like as a small company, that's going to get you noticed in the market. That's actually going to so be Dave- something that friends tell friends about, you know?
1: I I got a question for you then on that, on that. So what would you rather have Uh, a customer uh, who refers you to another prospective customer and says, oh, their customer service is great. They're the nicest people ever. Or would you rather have uh, a referral where they say, oh, that product is so good. I've never had to contact customer service.
0: Obviously. The latter, I think. Right. The reality is that's super product specific and industry specific. So in software, it's kind of gonna break. You know, you've, you've probably used Google and something's broken. You all of a sudden, you know, something weird happens, and some you, know. you can't get
1: support from Google. <laughs> that's true,
0: actually. Yeah, <laughs> it's you're just. Impossible. It's funny how people just accept that. You're like, well, well, you know what I'm gonna do. I guess won't we'll be doing that today. You know, I, I, I would say though, like if it's a, if it's a if physical, like if, I don't know, it's uh, it's tea. You know, I, yeah, I I think uh, it's in B2B,
1: yeah,
0: but in B2B, like it's in software in particular, the customer service elements kind of like uh, implied, however, obviously
1: consumers would prefer
0: to never have to go to customer support.
1: By the way, I've never had the guts to do this, but I've always thought that, you know, a lot of, a lot of times customer support is the. The customer just isn't trained. They don't know how to use it or they don't want to spend the time. So they'll ask you something that, you know, obviously is built within your training or whatever. Or documentation. I've I've always had this like secret dream that, you know, you could make it so that if uh, your customer wanted to open a support ticket, they were only allowed to open a support ticket if they had like completed your training program. Okay, Because <laughs> I feel like that is actually one of the ways that... You can maybe pull it up
0: that... in B2B, actually, depending on what your product is. But at the same time, yeah. as people don't actually complete trainings. They just click
1: through.
0: Done. Yeah. You
1: know? Well, we'll put a quiz.
0: Yeah, because that works, too. I mean... There's just... <laughs> I would take my best shot at the quiz, hope I pass, and see you later. <laughs>
1: just pick C every every, every <laughs> multiple choice. Just choose C. Well, you can work it down to multiple
0: choice. You can game that, right? As long as you know that if you can work it down to like two credible answers, you got a 50 50 shot each time, right? And maybe you'll get through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, like, I've Singleton's never had
0: the school of taking multiple choice quizzes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, and usually when you get them wrong, it's like, oops, that's not right, and then you're like, okay, yeah, and then well, back you, you go, wasn't whatever. C, <laughs> so it's either A, B, so then or you choose D. C and you move on, <laughs> like yeah,
0: I, you know,
1: uh, I don't know, it, it, it I think I uh, like that's a pipe dream to be able to do that, but it would be great it's- if people all had like the training and the training was really good and anybody who actually reached out to support really had a question that was like a legit thing and then you're like okay actually this could other people could have it we'll go back to our product development team and they'll actually fix the problem and then that problem will never be a ticket again you know like there's this holy grail of where you're trying to get to and you're never going to get there but i think you have to like keep pushing to get to that holy grail even though you may never reach it and because otherwise you just you're because business just becomes unscalable and you're just hiring support people and you're just never fixing your product and you're never getting to where you need to be going. So um, I think good management is, is always reaching for that, that perfect place when it comes to uh, customer service and product development. Yep.
0: Love it. Love it. Chris loves customer service. Um, (laughs) I think (laughs) these are good points. It's a (laughs) tough one. It's a tough one. Anyway, thank you folks. We are out of time for this week. Hope you enjoyed the episode and uh, we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. If you like what you heard, subscribe to and rate Startup Different in your favorite podcast app. If you want to see our radio faces, check us out on YouTube at Startup Different and look us up on social. We're probably there if you are. And lastly, do you want to feature your startup on the show? reach out via our website, startupdifferent.com. See you next time.